Hey guys, Sean Hayes here. Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and I had a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to sit down with not one, not two, but three presidents of the United States on our recent episode of Smartless. That's because President Biden, a returning guest, brought two of his favorite pals, former Presidents Bill Clinton and Barack Obama, all joined us for unforgettable conversation. It's a historic episode of Smartless as we pry into the minds of these remarkable leaders. We'll cover everything from their time in office, America's responsibilities in the world, and their personal passions in an episode full of some candid stories, insightful perspectives, and a few surprises along the way. Whether you're a political junkie or just curious about the inner workings of the Oval Office, this episode is a must listen. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to hear from three of the most influential figures in recent American history. Follow Smartless on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen to Smartless ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, They'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. There's no place to escape to. This is the last time. On the left. (laughs) That's when the cannibalism started. Hey, what's up, everyone? How are you? Ben Kissel here. Henry Zabrowski is over there. Beautiful man drum. All right. I am so sick of wearing clothes. I noticed. While performing. We've recorded a couple of times today. No shirt, Henry Zabrowski. Yeah, man, because it's I'm get slick, and I like to feel the weird little kisses of sweat. Is it weird to say that? Because I get, like, yeah. do you have this? Also, first of all, we have we Mark- wanna f- Yeah. Yeah. We have Marcus Parks with us. Hello. <laughs> now we're both of you. Pretty he good, Marcus. Us. Marcus, don't be so thrilled to be here on Side Stories. <laughs> he joined us. But listen, do you not have this? All right, I have a thing that when I'm working out or something, or like I'm, especially now that I'm doing planks, mm-hmm. hold your applause. The anti-workout workout. I, um, I get like one singular bead of sweat from the back of my armpit mm-hmm. that comes all the way down. Do you get that? Do you get one bead? I think I have multiple beads, a lot of pores. Uh, it might be a problem. Marcus? No, I don't sweat very much. Marcus <laughs> is not a sweater. Uh, but that- you wear several shirts. How do you even know if you're a sweater? I would feel it. I would feel wet on my so back. So you don't have, like, pit stains? You don't have any of is that? This, not really. Are we talking sweat all the whole <laughs> is show? This, was, is this why this you guys, like, order? like asked me four times to come on Side <laughs> Stories this week is to talk about your back sweat? Well, no, I had specific things. First of all, before we start with stories, okay. right? Number one, um, moment of vulnerability. Uh-oh. We're starting with these now. Kissel last week admitted to a feel of fail, fear of failure. Sure, um, I said I work too hard. That's yes. my biggest problem. <laughs> that was other, it. my other's biggest flaw. And I, I personally, I care too much. Okay. See, <laughs> wow. Well, I was the only one that answered that question honestly. So, I guess I'll be paying for that for the rest of my life. That's, That's what it is. Okay. And the second thing is that there was a couple of things I wanted to talk about Kuklinski because we didn't get to talk about it while we were recording the episode. And there were a couple of questions I had. Okay. Number one is, there was they were broached to me by the audience, and I figured that, I mean, we should at least give them what they want because they want to talk about it. Sure. Straight up, 
The biggest issue that seemed to come out of Richard Kuklinski, besides whether or not did he not kill anybody, which is like we have already stated our beliefs. Well, he definitely We've killed already stated a lot of people. That we believe that he yeah. probably killed like fifty people. Do some people think he didn't kill anyone? Yes. Yeah. Well, how, that how is that possible? Five people he went to jail for killing. Oh, okay. It. Well, that doesn't make much sense. He's a hitman. Yeah. It's in the it's in the whole job description. You got to kill. But there are some people who say that all that was fake, but I think he knew too much about the ins and outs and like the nuts and bolts of being a hitman in order to not be telling the truth about some things. And there's also the fact that his descriptions of the cold cases that they went and uh, cleared out after he did his uh, interviews, like it, uh, he matched down to the caliber of weapon he used because he remembered like, yeah, I used a 38 on this guy, Mm -hmm. used a different cal, a 22 on this guy. And uh, the cops that went and checked it out, like, yeah, he did. He named the location, Mm -hmm. the time and the caliber of weapon used on these people. Kuklinski, the mind, he's got a lockbox for a brain. Yeah, what s- goes in does not come out. To say to say that this guy like, you know, that he was not a hitman. I, I think it's all this like weird mob apologist thing hmm. that doesn't make any sense to me. I was thinking about this in the shower today. Whoa. Like, think- <laughs> that's where a lot of people do their best thinking. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. No, I was thinking about like the mob apologist thing and how like people make heroes out of these guys. It's mm-hmm. like organized crime is responsible for more misery amongst the human population than every fucking serial killer put together. Occasionally you get a free pair of sneakers on Christmas though. And that's really <laughs> Honestly, something it was really about. nice. When they boosted that whole truckload of the Tickle Me Elmos and gave it to the entire neighborhood, that was a nice moment. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, that nice is like that's... straight out of Billy Mad. It's like, who would steal 500 Tickle Me Elmos yeah. and just cut to the mobsters just laughing and tickling Elmo? Oh, yeah. I mean, Got how it. do you I mean, how do you think the opioid crisis exists in America? <laughs> it would not exist without organized crime. You know, Absolutely. human trafficking but, does not exist without organized crime. All of this shit. Then, it's not even just apologists. It's also the other side where people forget that they are actually very capable and dangerous. Yes. They, they because, mm. again, I, and we talked about it on the show, they've been marginalized on television as like funny, fat goofballs. But actually, at one point, they were very dangerous. But all of yes. this aside, straight up, Uh-oh. who would win in a fight? Richard Kuklinski or Carl Panzram? Panzram. They were against each other. Yeah, I see Panzram. <laughs> well, Kuklinski. immediately Panzram. Well, yeah, Kuklinski was more of a. He was a. He, he fired a lot of guns. He was an he assassin. Had a blowtorch. Yeah, he was. A, he was an assassin. Pan, are, we're talking one on one, like bullring. These two dudes are just sent out there, and they have to like grapple. Can we do Roman Coliseum style, where you can throw a couple of weapons into the ring, though? I think that it's more Staten Island Coliseum style where it's a gigantic, it's spaghetti. It's just uh-huh. like, it's just a pile of spaghetti. They have to see how they got, they have to stay on balance in a big pile of spaghetti. Well, and a that's bunch just of sort of a yelling t- and throwing New Jersey nets, like stuff, like memorabilia at yeah. them and the devils. <laughs> yeah, so maybe some Vince Carter jerseys or something. Um, so that's kind of like a, a mud wrestling, like an Italian mud wrestling ring. Yeah, Italian mud wrestling. Spaghetti. Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> all right. I don't necessarily want to yeah. see them all lathered up in marinara sauce <laughs> attempting to wrestle each other, but that's all right. Uh, are you well? Then you need to take your producer hat off, obviously, <laughs> because you are not being a correct producer. That's okay. exactly what they need to be. They need to be covered, slathered in sauce, so they can't tell what's blood and what's sauce. Oh, that's a good. But point. for me, in the end, is like again, want to give people a good show. It's Kuklinski right after getting right when he's decided to go back into contract killing. Right, that's probably him at his physical peak. 
in terms of uh, him. He was still young and spry. You know, he hadn't gotten gnocchi ankles yet, which <laughs> eventually settles in. Like, he doesn't get that uh, high, living high on the hog, like, week of joint. Carl Panzram, right after getting out of uh, prison, after um, the first uh, what time, was it? when he escaped, when he was once he was doing once he was done carrying the baby. Yeah. Mm. Well, I I don't know if you want to go for toughest Panzram. I would say Africa Panzram is toughest Panzram. Ooh, like that Panzram is tough ass Panzram. Yeah, that is t- super tough Panzram. Super uh, sharp. Yeah, and possibly if you want to talk about like uh, if you want to talk about Kuklinski's toughest time, we didn't talk about this on the episode, mm. but there was a period of time where Kuklinski uh, had kind of a rule uh, where he would only beat guys to death in his yeah, garage. Yeah, he would only do that. He would like he said he beat. 50, I think it was 12 or 15 men to death. Like he'd take him back to his uh, garage, the one that was that he got after uh, him and Robert Prongay became friends. Okay. He took them back to the garage and he would start, you know, of course he would tie him up uh, and then he'd just beat him to death with either his fists or with big iron rods. And sometimes he said that he had this big 15 inch screwdriver uh, and he'd take it and he'd stab the guys in the spine and Ooh. shatter their spine and essentially oh. pair paralyze them so he wouldn't have to fucking t- tie them up anymore or they couldn't move at all. It's an and unfair then, fight. And then he would beat them to death. Wow. Well, I guess yeah, he got so bored with killing he had to be creative with it. Well, he That's said, not a good sign. Or he says like, I guess I was just taking out all my anger on the world. I guess so. <laughs> I don't know. You know what it's like is, Kissel, maybe you wouldn't understand because you're not much of a home cook, but sometimes I don't want to buy pesto. Like sometimes <laughs> like I want because I like my pesto a little bit like stankier like i always double the garlic Oof. and i double the nut yeah oh it, my because you want it you got pignoli nuts and some fresh basil if you can get it because then it goes bad in a second what and does this go, have to do with, with, a, with kuklinski jamming a screwdriver in someone's spinal cord sometimes you want to you want to be the change you want to see in the world. Sometimes you, see, you <laughs> want to see the effort applicable. you put in come out. Like I if see. you put in shit, you get shit. Sometimes you really just want to wail on a guy and see what he does. Yeah, he said he and had a because, power washer in there to wash off all of the walls and the ceilings whew, and the floors. Yikes. Woof. All right. Well, that's, that's the main reason why I even wanted to have you on the episode so we could talk about it. Because it's yeah. fun to rehab. It's going into the world of imagination. <laughs> because I know, like, deathmatch isn't around anymore. And there's a lot of, you know, it's like one of those things where it's, it's kind of fun to spell it out. And we know just enough that I think that we could tell the story a little bit. And I do think that Carl Panzram would sit on fucking Kuklinski's chest and bash his head into the ground until it was just a bunch of well, fucking just sauce. Now I don't know. Now well, I have no idea. Well, Kuklinski's thing is that he was, his entire philosophy when it came to fighting was hit first and hit fast. Like, hit first, hit fast, hit hard. Oh, alright. You know, yeah. But, if these two guys are squaring up in a ring, mm-hmm. like Panzram, like, Kuklinski doesn't have that element of surprise. He's a very large Man, yes, yes, and he's very strong. Well, yes, and he does move like a cat. Yes, but I don't know <laughs> if that does. ever. I don't know if that makes him a good brawler like Panzram. Because oh, wow. I think Panzram would be good in any situation. Well, now yes. honestly, though, with the Looney Tunes tactics, with the Bugs Bunny moves, ah. Kuklinski in a dress, Panzram <laughs> starved. Uh, you the know, perhaps Panzram say- is is won over by the beautiful Kuklinski. 
See, now you're thinking like a producer. Mm-hmm. So what you do is Kuklinski gets to choose the place where they fight. He gets to choose. It's his home ground. So basically, it's Panzram is the away team at Kuklinski's sure. house. But I still think Panzram makes it, and mostly just because he's got that lover's grip. <laughs> and it's a thing that, that Kuklinski doesn't understand is that he can get, once he gets Kuklinski by the hips, Ooh. I don't know. I heard Kuklinski had quite a strong grip himself. Uh, and then again, he's throwing down all those, as we joked about, those those dark circles to make it look like you can go through the wall and stuff. <laughs> and what if it worked? <laughs> then he's teleporting like, uh, what's the Sub-Zero or something? Yeah, I forget Scorpion. The, that would Scorpion, be Scorpion. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Raiden and Kung Lao were also able to use teleportation. Uh, mm, te- yeah, nice. Yeah. What are you doing in this? <laughs> what are you doing this pre-teleport? Is, this is part of where he's solely in, he's solely in our show <laughs> with his video game out. <laughs> well, also, look, okay, Let's bring this down to classes, okay? Like, let's think about, like, a, okay, Pandram warrior class. Sure. He's, yes. a, he's a balanced warrior. He's a, I would call him close to maybe a mage, uh, but not a healing mage. No. <laughs> I don't even know what a mage I think is. He's smarter so you than think he's more of a pyromancer? No, he's not a distance hitter. He's yeah. a brawler. I he's guess a, he's a bruiser. Yeah, I guess well, it is bruiser versus bruiser. Well, I think so. he's a war. I mean, well, for me, there's a, there's two different types. There's like a, there's the war, there's the balanced warrior, mm-hmm. and then like there's Leonardo. the tank. The tank. Oh, like ah. and that's a, and that's what like if you think about like a Borderlands two, like sure. there's like okay, n- neither one of you play. I played it. Uh, no. I, yeah, play, no. I played it. Yeah, I yeah, watched yeah. you well, play it. I, I get lost. I, yeah. I Yeah, I got lost in it, so I yeah. don't know what to do. Well, like Panzerim is like the balanced soldier character, mm-hmm. uh, and Kuklinski is uh, the gigantic guy that is able to wield two guns at one time. It could go either way. It could go either way. They have different skill sets, but Panzram is balanced. So if you get Kuklinski in the right environment mm-hmm. or give him the right weapons, then he might be able to take Panzram down. But I think Panzram has uh, the balanced skill set in order to take down, I would say, anybody in the serial killing world. Right. Panzram well- is easily, I-, I think, for me, it would be a good fight. Between Kuklinski and Panzram, but Panzram takes it uh, and he comes up. He, he's bloodied. He's definitely he's bloody. bloody. I'm going to put bloody. this. I'm going to put this in the simulation machine. I'm going to run it 100 times. Okay, what's the conclusion? They fell in love. Can you believe it? They ended up actually falling in love. I do think Panzram would get. I mean, Panzram would have a, probably a little bit of like a crush on Kuklinski just because yeah. he's fun and because they both hate the world the same amount. <laughs> Honestly, I think and, they would be friends in a strange, yeah, in a way. Yeah. But in I a strange think, way. But I think Panzram is less friendly than Kuklinski. I think, I think Panzram would say Kuklinski's Kuklinski, you're always joking around. <laughs> this is like Kuklinski saying he should have been a stand-up comedian. Yeah, like that. yeah. the nice, the nice man. Yeah, yeah. what is that? Yeah, the, the you, quote did, we didn't say, and yeah. uh, uh, that, that was from the book is uh, that Carlos talking to him and Tom's like, "Wow, like Panzer, I'm like, you're a really funny guy." And uh, Panzer said, "Like, yeah, and go out on stage and say, I got a thousand jokes that'll kill you, and if they don't." I will. (laughs) (laughs) Check, please. Check, please. Oh, my God. And then then what? He wanted to be called the nice man. Yeah, well, that was was after he got put on uh, medication, after he got put on Ativan and Paxil. And that's just like, I'd rather be known as the nice man. The nice man, not the the ice man. man. (laughs) Honey guy. So what a really good ad for Paxil. It really is. I think Paxil could have saved all 
all of these yeah. people's lives. If yeah. he was on that and there during was, his everyday life, maybe it would have been good for him. I huh? mean, really, like we did three like three long episodes, but there were still so many like Kuklinski moments that I loved that I wish we could have found a way to put in there. Like one of them from the uh, he was ta- it was from the Iceman and the Psychiatrist documentary. I think yeah, it was uh, where uh, him and uh, the sci- and Kuklinski and the psychiatrist are talking, and Kuklinski's telling this story about how he murdered a guy, and you know he murdered him the wrong way, and he got all this blood all over, uh, got all these blood all over all his clothes, Aww. and he had to like drive home like what, he's like, yeah, and I had to drive home naked. I was wearing a pet sheet. Can you believe that? Yeah, yeah and, he, like, him, <laughs> and the other guy like yeah, and then like Kuklinski, like his face drops. He's like. We're having too much fun right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh, I murdered yeah. him wrong. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's like, Wait, we're having too much fun. He's like, yeah, people are going to watch this and they're going to think that, you know, I'm, think I'm a nice guy. I'm a nice guy. That whole thing where he's like, they could think I'm a nice guy. Oh, he was concerned. <laughs> Kuklinski was worried that he was going to come across as too charming. Yeah, he was, he was completely concerned. He's like, yeah, they're going to think I'm a nice guy. But, you know, but that's the thing is when people get to know me, they, uh, they tend to hit a stop. Yeah. yeah they, You're Richard they, Kuklinski. A dead stop. Oh, my God. I can't. That's the worst crime he's committed so far. The crime of killing comedy. Wow. Yeah, there was a, yeah there's so many. And they're like, we never got to cover the tranquilizer gun. Uh, oh, we that, forgot. That's what I also wanted to bring up, was that he had a period of time where he learned it from watching nature documentaries and cartoons, again, and he put Kingdom. them together. Yeah. And he started getting tranquilizer darts. And he would use a blowgun, and he did it one time where he hit a guy with the blowgun and the guy's like <laughs> like that Will Ferrell movie and then he goes over and he just shoots him in the head well He's that's doing blow darts that was how he impressed uh, Prange because the first oh. time uh, because they actually had like yeah, a couple of right. dates they went out and had a date yeah they had a date where like Prange <laughs> showed him like and Prange showed him was like yeah this is how you kill a guy with a grenade and uh, oh. Kuklinski was like not bad not bad this is how I do it. And then he got the tranquilizer gun. <laughs> and Prague's like, oh, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> oh my God. This is so, because they were just constantly like, dude, that is so cool. Like, it really is like Henry made the joke. Is that like, do we just become best friends? Like, we just, <laughs> do we just become best friends? Like, that's pretty much, like, it really is. It reminded me of like when, you know, you're like 14 or 15 yeah. and like you make a friend that has the same interests as you for the first time. Yeah, and blow like, darts and grenades. <laughs> you're like, oh, Oh my god, this is like like can we just like I don't know, hang out forever? Like, yeah, dude, we should yeah, totally dude, hang out. Honestly, if you're, four, friends, if you're 14 years old, that's a very fun conversation to have. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, him and Prange, their their whole friendship was uh was pretty pretty ridiculous, man. Well, it's that's a movie I would nice. watch. And I cuz I will say in the divisive world we live in mm. right now. It's so nice that two people could come across the aisle right. and and work together. Yep. That's what's really important. That's what we're missing right now is a true understanding of each other. And ice cream. More ice cream. More ice cream. Prong, yeah, yeah. Prongay's ice no, cream. And we also ice cream, didn't. We gotta, and we didn't we talk. We got to thin us out, man. We got to get thinner. No, <laughs> no. And we also didn't talk about the fact that Chris Evans played Robert Prongay in The Iceman. The Captain the America? The decision in <laughs> the world. <laughs> yes. yeah, Captain, Captain America played Prongay? Captain America no, played No, he's not Robert. an ice cream salesman. No. Why does everyone have to be so beautiful? They just, oh, what they did, they uglied him up by giving him like a long hair wig and he wore aviator sunglasses. And they're like, oh, yeah. 
yeah, now that, yes, he's supposed to be ugly now. That's amazing. But, and you know who was supposed to play Robert Prongay? James Franco. James Franco? But then, <laughs> what is going on? But then he wasn't able, he wasn't able to commit to, like, the full part, so he just got, he was in a scene. He got murdered by Kuklinski. He was the guy, remember there was that story that Kuklinski told that, like, uh, like he was, uh, asked, he was saying, like, please God, please God. And he's like, you know what, I'll make you a deal. You ask God. I'll give you 30 minutes, and if God comes down and saves you, then I won't kill you. Well, it's and more he's... of a theoretical belief. <laughs> I, I yeah. come down like that. Um... Yeah, and he said that was the only murder he regretted. He's like, I shouldn't have done that. That was a, that was kind of that was cruel. I shouldn't have done that. It was kind of cruel, yeah. Mr. Kuklinski. And James Franco played that guy in the movie. I see. Everyone yeah. is yeah. too handsome. Yeah, I hate it. Prange should be also, ugly. Kuklinski honestly, should be hideous. It's an incredible character. And the idea of having just somebody who's just this, like, face dude yeah. do it makes no sense. It's like you had so many opportunities. You were had Michael Shannon. You had Michael Shannon. Uh-oh. And yeah. you fucked it up. Well, someone did DM me on Instagram. Kevin Nash, the old professional wrestler, looks just like Ku Klinsky. Holy shit. He could play him if he can play him. I don't Kevin know. Kevin Nash, but he could. again, too, too good looking because, like, I mean... Richard Kuklinski, like he had the Polish piggy look for a really long time. <laughs> no, he maybe had the he's Polish born with it. Maybe he's Polish. Look. <laughs> dignitary? That is a dignitary look. That is a distinguished way for a Polish man to be. To be over know. six feet tall? He That's was very important to he, the Polish people. He could have been mayor of Warsaw if he showed up. <laughs> no, he had a porky pig head. He had that sure. big, he had that big bald head, the kind of yeah, piggish man, he's nose. Yeah, Polish. Yeah. yeah, buddy, you're talking about the, you are racist uh-huh. against my people. Those are the attributes of my people. We got little, we got thick hands. Uh-huh. Look uh-huh. how thick my hands are. Yeah, they're pretty thick. They're not All big, right. they're thick. Uh-huh. No one cares about your weird Polish body anymore. <laughs> Polish have, Pride Month yeah, is over actually, for last podcast you network. You know what? I, I absolutely agree. I think now you're not allowed to, to have your Polish moment. <laughs> no more Polish moments. <laughs> I'm allowed to have my Polish no. moment forever. It's actually showed me how dangerous and capable <laughs> the Polish people are. All and right. that's, a, that's a thing we should look up to and consider when we consider the well, Polish people. to yeah. continue with the Porky Pig analogy, that's all, folks, on Kuklinski. Let's do a news story. All right, all right. My Thank goodness. You. Unless, you're, unless there's something that comes to your head that you said, oh, I really wanted to have the audience hear that, then feel free to spit it out. Now, I don't know if this story really belongs on this show or not, but I thought it was interesting. In Paris, they just rolled out these sidewalk urinals. Evidently, they're called the Eurotrotter, which is very bizarre. I guess they were having a problem. <laughs> it's not with- Eurotrotter. I don't know. It's- it's not the Eurotrotter. That's what it is. It's pronounced Eurotrotter. Because it's like abattoir. Yeah. I don't. Eurotrotter. They were made. Apparently, public urination is a problem in France. In Paris specifically, they're drinking the vino, they're eating the cheese, and I guess they're just going to the bathroom on the streets. So they put up all of these things that look like they look like mailboxes, and there's just a photo of a dude taking a pee in one. And I gotta say, very uncomfortable, kind of strange. I don't think it's gonna solve the problem. As a matter of fact, it just kind of legalizes the problem. Uh, You know what? I'm in for it. I'm down for it. Public urinals. I'm. Oh, absolutely. Really? Just fix it. You know what it comes down to? Where we're sitting here worried about everybody's feelings about this, and they're worried about the, oh, it shows that men can't control themselves, and it's not going to fix the problem. Be like, but guess what, man? Do I not have to smell your piss anymore? Yeah. Great. 
I don't in know. this fucking mailbox now. I what you do now? I'm yeah. not sure if, if you you're can't like scented. Hold it. And no how can you hold it? French oh. to make it a block without <laughs> pissing your pants. <laughs> you need to just how can go. My sister is the best gift giver I've ever met of any person. It's Jackie Zabrowski. She shops all year thinking about her family and friends and puts little things aside for their birthdays and Christmases. I have no idea how she does it. I don't know how she do it. But guess what? She always wins Mother's Day, but not this year. I'm coming back. Ready to win Mother's Day and cement your reputation as the best gift giver in the family? I'm taking the crown. All right, give the moms in your life an Aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. I mean this. We have the Aura frame up in my home. We absolutely love it. I can put photos on it very, very easily through the app. It's fun to do. And the memories keep cycling and I get emotional. And we filled it with pictures of Carmi and Wendy. And that is not sad. That is celebratory. So you should try it. It's honestly a really good product. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code LEFT at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. And that helps you save time. I know I'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with Horse pics. Now, part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents' accounts. Now, so what I've done to do is like, so while I'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse pics over various country borders... I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. Imagine you just got home from work, dinner is ready, wine is chilled, and your man has offered you 15 minutes of heaven in the form of a foot massage. And then he says, your spray tanning session is now complete. What just happened? You found your escape at Palm Beach Tan. Break from the chaos at a Palm Beach Tan near you and leave rejuvenated. Take time for yourself at Palm Beach Tan and take that feeling with you wherever you go. Get up to $25 off your first month featuring Australian gold. Perfect man, not included. 
Every single one of us on this show have all dropped trow here in New York City and taken a piss on the street. Oh my God, we were we sure. were driving from Phoenix to California. We saw this one guy on the side <laughs> of the highway. He was dressed like Lawrence of Arabia for some reason. Well, yeah, he drank behind a cactus. He drank because it was like a, what 100 and, 110, 150 oh degrees. So Ooh. he had to go out and he had a he put on a Lawrence of Arabia headdress <laughs> to He's walk out of his now. car. He was doing his shit squat like <laughs> out to the, the desert. <laughs> yeah. All of the kids in the car were embarrassed that he's their father. Oh, it's, it's not just at men who piss outside either. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Jackie Zabrowski has pissed on my feet before. Hey, there we well, go. Well, well different. maybe yeah. the urotrotter <laughs> would help. By the way, urotrotter, it combines the words urinal and pavement. So it's a pavement urinal. And uh, these are all over. I just don't think it's going to really work out. And there's one very near the Notre Dame Cathedral. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so. dude. Yeah, keeps them from pissing on the church. Yeah, but there's places I mean, you can go into. But guess what? Don't they have Starbucks? Guess what, man? I would fucking save my piss for that church because that's what you do. <laughs> uh, I would go. I would see the abatutudel, and I'd be like, mm-mm, and then sklish, 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 and then all of a sudden there'd be this three piss, the fucking three priests just standing there going like, "Thank you." Mm-hmm. Kind of oh, like merci, a, Mr. Zabrowski. You want an Ozzy Osbourne at the Alamo moment? I do. Okay. Mm. Ooh, you could get banned from Paris. Ooh, that's such a good tour name for 2020. <laughs> Last podcast has left banned from Paris. Yeah. We'll have to do a show in Paris, though. That would be fun. That would be fun. I'd enjoy that. Uh, the French authorities say they're using this surprising solution to supplement existing toilets in heavily, heavily congested areas where the urine issues. This is a quote. The interest of this is the interest of this new urban fixture lies in its mobility, ease of installation and use, as well as its ecological dimension. I think it's disgusting. I think it's great. I, think, right. it's an, I think it's a wonderful idea. They could do whatever the fuck it is they want over there. What I do like is when you see the picture of the man using the uritoitois. Yeah. I don't know if that's a man they just found or that was a man <laughs> that they saw because he looks guilty. You yeah. can see him hiding his yeah. face from the camera as he's pissing. Who it. could do it? Yeah. I mean, I, the, I would the do stage it. fright alone, I, I couldn't, there's no but, way. Do they have like a little planner on top of that? I'm looking at the picture and it looks like they have like dirt on top. There might, they oh, might. yeah, so you could put out your cigarette. Oh. Well, that's kind of fun. Because you know how it is. That's you know how many fun. times I, I remember back then when you could smoke in a bar? Mm-hmm. and you'd be, it's like, It was always weird to be like smoking in the bathroom as you're taking a piss, and the cigarette smoke is just like going in your eyes, and you're just like, dude, you're just doing the, like the, the one lip thing where you leave the whole cigarette in your mouth for like three minutes and just... Uh-oh. I miss that so much. You miss that aspect of it? I miss that so much. Smoke, smoking and peeing? Oh, man. The well, Marcus just, Park story? It's just good memories from college. You <laughs> oh, know, of course. D- yeah, just good memories of getting fucking wasted at Bash Rip Rocks at 4 p.m. in the afternoon. Oh. And just going to the bathroom and, you know, puffing on the cigarette because, you know, you're in there for six hours and you got yep. to smoke at least two and a half packs of cigarettes and while you're there. And then all of a sudden you yeah, start hearing a tapping from the urinal. You know, Larry Craig is in there and you're just <laughs> like, oh, well, you know what? Craig. I'll replace this cigarette with yeah. He's now in a new kind of like he figured out a contraption where he could hang his suspenders on the side of the urinal to so it suspends <laughs> his body so he could really extend his legs out to the side. All right. uh, I miss smoking inside. Absolutely. Uh, but actually, my favorite bar in Atlanta is now actually uh, as of September 1st, so they're no longer doing smoking inside at the Yacht Club. Which makes me uh, honestly both nostalgic and also happy for them because well, it's about time for it to Yes, change. we got to save our lungs. We got to save our lives. We got to save the future. Uh-huh. All right. Well, there's a couple of alien stories we have to get to. But Henry, you got a, you got a tale you would like to tell? 
There was this one. I mean, honestly, what I like about this show is it's mostly you have an opportunity to go look this stuff up. It's a very interesting video about a man named Calvin Parker Jr. Uh, and he, him, and his buddy Charles Hickson were. Uh, both abducted by aliens when I guess is in the 19, in 1973. And this is a man that kept this very quiet for a long time. When he first came out about it and said that I was abducted, uh, he was obviously ridiculed. He did a couple of television shows mm-hmm. uh, as a uh, as, uh, as a young man, as Calvin Parker. Okay. And uh, it, eventually it kind of ruined his whole life, so he decided to just kind of put it all away. And so eventually it just got to a point where the story was haunting him so bad they need to come out. And he recently wrote a self-published book called Pas- Pascagoula, The Closest Encounter, My Story by cool. Calvin Parker. And it happened and in wrote- Pascagoula? I guess it's Pascagoula. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> yeah, it's Pas- Pascagoula, Mississippi. Oh, Actually, yeah. we showed a video of this guy at one of our live shows long, long ago. Hmm. Like, what, yes, what, it was a very interesting creature, creature too, because it said it was three legless creatures. They floated from the craft that they saw as him and his buddy were fishing, which means which translates to drinking beer. Yeah. Yes, of course, uh, throwing back some suds. You got yeah, to. Buddy. You're fishing. I'm actually going to start taking up fishing. I'm really into it. Yeah, you can't I've call just, it you can't call it drinking beer, avoiding the family because the in laws are in town. You just call it fishing. Fishing. It's fishing. Yeah. So these three legless creatures floated from the craft. One had no neck with gray wrinkled skin. The other had a neck and appeared to be more feminine. Parker described their hands as being shaped like mittens or crab claws. And one of the creatures put one of its claws around his arm. Parker said that he was terrified. But then another feeling came over his body. Uh Uh-oh. I think they injected us with something to calm us down. I was kind of numb and went along with the program. Parker said the creatures floated he and Hickson into the craft and performed physical examinations on the two. Then they were taken back to the bank of the river. Parker said he didn't want to tell anyone that happened, hmm. but Hickson convinced him otherwise. The two contacted Kaysler Air Force Base and were told that they should call local authorities. So they contacted the Jackson County Sheriff's Office. So they went and did investigate it. Right. Interesting. But so they, maybe these aliens were on their own fishing trip trying to avoid their own family and getting hammered off of alien boots. Could be. That would be awesome. And then they caught two big old screaming pink ones <laughs> every time. Oh, we got to throw these back. So is that his main story? That is his main story. And it's very interesting. You should watch this interview with him. And then the book is, um, I mean, it's a self-published alien book. So if you want to just do right. that, I mean, I've read countless numbers of them. And they are fun to do because you get a peer inside mm-hmm. of the way Calvin Parker thinks of himself, which I'm going to say immediately He's the hero. All right. How credible are we talking here? We got, we got, uh, who's the most credible person on earth? That would be Mr. Rogers. I just rewatched <laughs> that documentary last night. Won't you be my neighbor? And then the biggest liar of all time. Ooh, who do you think is the biggest, greatest liar ever? Houdini. I'm sick of him calling it magic. It's lies. It's no, lies. Houdini no, no. was a Houdini, liar. Houdini was an illusionist. No, and also, Houdini was actually one of the greatest truth tellers of his time because right. Houdini used to uh, go through and like he was really against like the spiritualism. Oh, uh, right, the right. whole spiritualism. Uh, trend at the time because he was very close to his mother Mm. uh, and he felt that he had been tricked by a couple of spiritualists by telling like oh your mother is speaking with you from the other side so he used to Mm. go out and uh, like flip tables over he's like Jesus with the money lenders he'd like flip tables over 
And tell and you just got schooled, Kissel. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. that's yeah, what yeah, we Marcus that. on here. You, you, you gorilla. <laughs> hey, man, I'm just saying. If you want to go, are, they can be liars too. Go for Chris Angel then. Chris Angel, because Harry Houdini is a, a wonderful man. All right, I am going to be put to the coals for possibly uh, defending Chris Angel, but again, Chris Angel is in the realm of illusionist. So what he says is that lies. It's a part of his act. I'm not going to say he's a liar. I will not say that that's the ultimate liar. I think the ultimate liar has got to be Jenny Craig. Because (laughs) she's making you lie to yourself. Those meals are not going to fill you up. No, they're not going to. All right, so Jenny Craig uh, to to Mr. Rogers. This guy is somewhere in between. Yeah. Perfect answer. (laughs) All right. Well, you mentioned... And also, another, another fun fact... John Travolta was supposed to play Forrest Gump, but he turned the role down. What? He turned it down. Thank God he turned it down. Did did you just think of that because I said the word Jenny? Jeez. I I think that this man, after 45 years of being completely silent about Mm -hmm. it, if he decides to come back out now, like I think everyone always uses the excuse that abductees, you know, they're just raking in the money. Oh, I don't think so. And it's just like... Have you ever met an abductee? <laughs> they live, I'm going to say, we're talking the most studio apartment. Yeah, That's maybe. like the most that them they that they are in alone well, because everybody else has left them. We wow. have a candidate uh, running for office who claims that she was abducted. And also this week, a NASA uh, astronaut said that he spotted an alien-like organic object and he described it as very curvy. It was curved and organic looking. This dude's name is Leland Melvin, and he seems to be fairly credible. We're talking astronaut here. Mm. Melvin, the astronaut, he played college football at the University of Richmond and was drafted to the Detroit Lions in 1985. So he's very buff and strong and then he went on do you think he's the only detroit lion to ever be abducted by aliens oh do you think barry sanders was ever abducted by aliens barry sanders might be an alien (laughs) yes it's possible so before he became an astronaut he played for the lions and then he continued to say houston we have a problem but he did not want to be an alarmist and that was regarding the uh alien he said Mm. houston we have a problem he really said that oh wow when he saw an alien wow i thought that was just in the movies that's from the movie though he took that from the movie i think he I think he'd been waiting for a really long time for an excuse to say, Houston, we have a problem. Mm-hmm. And I think seeing an alien's pretty good excuse to say, Houston, we have a problem. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This guy. Yeah, they said something being like, I don't think, was that the direct line they even said? Because Houston, I, we have a problem. I don't think is the real quote. It is the real from quote. From history. It, it is absolutely. Well, I don't, not from history. It's a real quote from the movie. Yeah, from the movie. Yeah. What was that, Apollo 13? Apollo 13, yeah. yeah. Great movie. Real fun to watch. Great movie. They can't hear you. It's a great movie. So this is according to uh, Ligel Watson, author of UFOs of the First World. This is what he says. Now, I think he's a bit of a skeptic here, but let's let's find out. He says, I think Leland is winding up alien fans. And as suggested, it was probably an ice formation he saw. So now we have a UFO guy saying, no, it was an ice formation. And then he goes on to tell the Daily Mail, Fortunately, he didn't test his explanation by going too close to it. Otherwise, it might have shot upwards to cling to his face, and we all know what happens next. I think he's mocking him. He is mocking him. He is mocking him, and it's a thing I've grown accustomed to. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't, I have a thick skin to being abused for believing in this information. 
The line originally was Houston, we've had a problem. Interesting. Ooh, weird. <laughs> it sounds oh. like you had sex with a man named Problem. Mm. <laughs> all well, right. all of this gets me. I mean, it's interesting about how alien abductions can be can be sort of manipulated because I do believe these people experience trauma. That's a part of the reason why they they talk about. They talk about it. It's the reason why they come out and they disclose that they've been abducted. I think a lot of times, yes, maybe it is a what they now say it's like a screen memory for other abuse. Mm-hmm. But I mean, something happened for you to be so hysterical. These like honestly, years afterwards. Well, going back to what Henry was talking about earlier, let's go to the wonderful state of Florida. Bettina Rodriguez Aguilera, she was just, now this is the woman who claims she was abducted by aliens. She's a Republican. And she was just endorsed by the Miami Herald. So if this is her grand plot to get political attention, that Miami Herald ain't no joke. She seems to be doing good. Yeah. Honestly, honestly, if she had got, because that's a big time newspaper, right? Oh, absolutely. She told, previously, she told, she told the Miami Herald that these aliens have communicated with her multiple times throughout her life. She says the aliens took her into their spaceship and spoke to her about events that would happen. Rodriguez uh, Aguilera said she also spoke. Um, she's also spoken about these supposed events with several Spanish language news outlets. Uh, we realize that Rodriguez Aguilar is an unusual candidate. That's what the Miami Herald said. But uh, they say it's endorsement of her. They say they endorse her and that it agrees with Rod- Rodriguez Aguilera that her experiences are a non-issue. So it seems like it could work out. Looks like she got abducted by some Nordics. Really? Yes. That her it sounded like Nordics. Woman with long blonde hair. Really? Yeah, Nordic ones are always like, Nordics are always the sexy ones. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so it was some kind of big, they're always like busty, redhead, blonde ones, and just, woo. Are we now living in a time where if you are abducted, you're no longer demonized, you're no longer criticized? We had that one dude on who was a very, not the the best politician, but he was the one who believes in the Bigfoot, or Sasquatch, I believe. Yeah, but they did the same thing. That seemed to humanize him. Yeah, it does weirdly humanize them, and then they flip it. It's also strange how people are, like, leaning in. But it's like, but these are political candidates that seem to be fine. They, it does not sound like the normal day-to-day candidate. This Mississippi man is still being ridiculed for his beliefs. I mean, what do you think? I would. I think that this could drive people to the polls for this gal. Yeah, quite possibly, Maybe. at least ironically, at least. Yeah, why wouldn't you want to do that? And that's a problem. We already, we're already we're at. <laughs> we're at where we're at because of stupid irony. No, but yeah, don't you because want of it, iron, but yeah, because it, yeah, four channers loved irony so much that they started eating it for breakfast. Ugh. We're already there. I know Stop. we're already there. But if we're talking, what is this? Wasn't there some treaty supposedly? Eisenhower signed with the Grays. Yeah, yeah, the he treaty in nineteen fifty four. So don't we don't we want a politician in there that has direct contact to the aliens? She's on the ground floor. They're lying to us. Hmm. Listen to me. <laughs> Listen to me. You just because lying? aliens are real and just because these are the other entities and they're speaking to us, it does not mean that they are truthful and that they are helpful. Oh, the- a lot of times, I'm hmm. going to tell you this, and that's what I do, that is a part of it. They are lying to us. They, uh-huh. Stephen Greer is disinformation. They are not here to help us. If they are coming, if they are coming and they want to be a part of our society, they're coming to destroy us. The three body problem Wait, talks about no. all the time because they are they, we if we will be a threat if they are How here, are we a threat? We're soft little puddles of water. We're an extremely they, violent species. Yeah, but, yes. not, not, but the aliens are going to be like 12 feet tall, covered in you know metal or whatever. 
This is just if they are nuts and bolts aliens, though. Maybe if I'm thinking of the Goombas from other- Mario Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, if these are if these are crafts from other planets and they're coming here, they're going to kill us. Yeah. If they're interdimensional creatures and it's something else far ne- more nebulous, then uh, we could maybe live together in harmony. But for the most part, I think they'll just ignore us like we ignore mm. bugs. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I and hope also- that's not the case. I would like Maybe one's good at baseball. Mm. You mean alien sports? <laughs> yeah. Come on. They'll drink it. They're drinking all sport. Um, yeah, they, you're, heading, you're heading into Men in Black territory. You're heading into the movies Men in Black territory, oh, yeah. not the real Men in Black territory. Okay. Um, and wrapping us out, um, the world's tallest man saves dolphin. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, is this a special story for me? Yeah, this is the Chinese government. They found they had to call in some extra help from Mongolian herdsman Bao Zishun, who was called in after these dolphins, these prized dolphins, swallowed plastic used around their pool and an aquarium in Fushun, northeast China. Oh. They, had to, they didn't know how to get the plastic out of their guts, so he had to go and take his... So he is seven feet, nine inches tall. Woo! He had to take his 1.06 meter long arm into the mammal's stomachs. They had to wrap up their teeth with t-shirts and towels what? to gnaw on him. He's very humble seeming. And he had to go down <laughs> to their fucking guts and pull out all this fucking plastic. Wow. The dolphins are doing well. And they just sent him back to wherever the fuck it is he comes from <laughs> oh afterwards. My. Wow, he's a herdsman. That's got to hurt the back being a herdsman, bending down seven foot nine, trying to whack down some bushes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was normal he- height until he was 16. And then he went on a gigantic, extremely painful, Ooh. extremely inconvenient growth spurt. Yikes. Is he still growing? Maybe he has gigantism. What does the guy look like? No, he, re- he uh, after seven years, he stopped. He stopped, yeah. huh? Mm-hmm. He wow. looks pretty... He looks, you know, like you'd think he looks. He's got a big head. He's kind of a little bit um, out of, he's out of, uh, he's, he looks like the tall man from Twin Peaks, kind of. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, uh, I mean, he's, yeah, a little Mirazond, just a, tittle, just a little bit. George Mirazond? Uh-huh. All right, I hear what you're saying. That happens, you know. You can't have both worlds. You can't be super tall and super handsome. You can be super tall and not handsome, or you can be normal height and very handsome. No, you are tall and handsome. You can't be that type because that literally requires organ failure for you to be eight feet tall like that. Yes. Well, that must you must be the tallest person in the world. He is. Oh, in the, in the whole world. In the whole world. Yes, in the whole world. But they're using him wow. like a tool. Right. They literally went and being like, like I have to use Natalie to get the groceries up to the top level of the cupboards. Right, right. Yeah. Well, that's kind of sad insight into your personal life there. But um, <laughs> I like it because then she's high above me and I think it's sexy. Uh-huh. What, so, yeah, no, there has to be some tool they could have used instead of this man's I don't know. It's just there's got to be there was somebody at the zoo that they were wondering how do we get this plastic out of this dolphin. And someone thought... I know it called the world's tallest man. Tallest man. <laughs> I don't know who that it was. It is pretty I don't cool. Know who Get me Baoji son. Yeah, he is kind of a superhero, huh? But he's got to live his life in a lot of pain, right? Probably. Yeah. Well, I'm sure he can't like the uh, the former world's largest man who I took a picture with in London. Uh-huh. It was a statue of him. Yeah. And then people said, is that your dad? Got <laughs> 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 kind of a fun roast mode. Um, he couldn't feel his feet. And then he yeah. got in, uh, in an infection because the blood veins don't go all the way down. Yeah. 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 Well, it's uh, uh, pain, pain receptors don't go all mm-hmm. the way down. So, they, yeah. So he wasn't able to feel anything. Like he uh, the pain receptors don't go all the way down. The guy had to use braces to just stand. Uh, and one night the braces got an infection. Uh, he didn't notice it until the next day. Everything swelled up. The infection went to his brain mm-hmm. and he died. 
John Travolta yep. was going to be Forrest Gump, huh? He was going to, it was yeah, between, but... like, they, actually, Tom Hanks was the fourth person to be offered the role. They, before that, they went through John Travolta, uh, Bill Chev- Murray. Bill Murray. No. And Chevy Chase. I like Bill Murray very much. Chevy Chase is a person, isn't that great? But I love Fletch and all the vacations. But it's got to be Tom Hanks. We know this it. now. Yeah, we know we this know now. This but now. what I, kind of world? Is I, there a world where Travolta is Forrest Gump? God, I hope so, because yeah. I want to see that movie so fucking bad. God. I would have seen it in a second. <laughs> I would have seen it in a second. I would have loved it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I would have loved seeing that shit. But, oh, shit. That's the thing. Didn't Forrest Gump and Pulp Fiction come out the same year? Yes. Uh, yeah. So that would... <laughs> So if Tom that Hanks was in Pulp Fiction yeah. and Travolta was for in Tom Forrest Hanks Gump. would have also been fantastic oh, in that best. role in, in Pulp as Vincent Vega. If Tom Hanks would have been fucking great in that. Yeah, I could totally. It would have been great that. in all of it. All of it's good, but they're all very talented. Mm-hmm. Whoever, I mean, they are just lucky the way it rolled out. They're all very lucky. <laughs> That's okay. All right, no need to get all bitter there. That was 1994. You were 12. Yeah. So you yeah, man, get me in there. I was almost in, uh, did I ever tell you this about how I was in two callbacks to be the bully in um, the uh, Little Rascals movie? No. No. Yeah, I was really close to being that. You were a child actor? Yeah, but I wouldn't suck dick like the other kids. Oh, that's why you didn't get it. I'm sure that's why. I'm sure. Probably. I'm sure. Or did you walk in and say that to the casting producer? They're like, "Okay, I'm sucking sucking dick today." Actually, probably would have gotten the the role as the bully in the Little Rascals. But uh, all right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for listening to our little side stories. Of course, we got the uh, the more factual, informative episode coming up here later on this week. Very exciting content. I'm, Uh, I'm excited to hear about this. Or lady. Yeah, I've been having a lot of fun with this one. Been Woo. working hard on it. It's probably going to be a two-parter. Uh. Um, but yeah, it has been super fun to go through this story. And it is <laughs> definitely among... It's going to be, I think... Possibly the grossest murder we've ever covered. Oh, on, interesting. On the show. Like, I think it could be the grossest. I mean, maybe the most disturbing. I mean, the only other murder that comes close to this is Richard Chase. I don't know. Chase. Richard Chase. Yeah. Like, oh, wow. Yeah, okay, yeah, we're yeah. in Chase territory. Yeah, Richard, Richard Chase Ooh. is the only, like, Richard Chase, I think, still might beat it. But on the other so. hand, Richard Chase was, uh, you know, out of his mind. You know, he was crazy. This woman was, she was a... Uh, let's she not was give him what, too much. Let's not, let's give, not him give him too much. Yeah, let's just say she was a couple of, uh, she had a couple of kangaroos loose in her upper paddock. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure, A little sure, hint. Sure. Oh, right. Um, okay, Henry Zabrowski, you can find him on all the social medias and stuff. I don't know Who if Who gives a to. shit? All right, Marcus Park, same thing. I'm the same thing as well. And I guess that's about it. Hail yourselves, everyone. Everyone. Hail Satan. Oh, hail Halgeen. Oh, oh, look at that. Oh. And if you're living, then if you're not loving and you're not laughing, you should be dying. Oh, I mean? that's not good. Legend has it, underneath the NJM insurance offices lies a room of rejected mascot memorabilia. Is it real? No one knows. But we do know NJM is proud to put policyholders first. No jingles or mascots, just great insurance. NJM. Mom, I got the job in Manhattan. Do you have a warm enough winter coat? What about your car? I'm selling it with Kelly Blue Book Instant Cash Offer. How? I enter my license plate number, miles, condition, upload photos, and boom! An official cash offer from a local dealership. A cash offer instantly? Oh, did you call Aunt Stella? She's right there in Massachusetts. Mom, I literally just got the job. 
Not everything is as simple as selling your car with Kelly Blue Book Instant Cash Offer. Price it, fix it, trade it, sell it. KBB.com it.